You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, Bills Mafia? It is your host, AJ Sabalski, with another episode of AJ's Analysis. If you are listening live, please you know drop a comment, drop a like. I would greatly appreciate it, as well as all of you great audio listeners. Um, <clears throat> the show will be out tomorrow morning. Uh, so please give that a listen on all, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that sorts of stuff. I am joined by a great guest today, Ryan Talbot from Syracuse and OIF.com, a Bills beat writer, does a great job. Ryan, how are you today? How are you feeling? And uh, talk about a little bit about maybe what you're uh, planning for the week this week, a uh, fun week ahead for you in London. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, you you kind of said it, a uh, big trip to London this week with Matt Perino. My wife's coming along uh, up in Buffalo. We have an early morning flight tomorrow out of Buffalo to Chicago. From Chicago, we'll uh, fly into London and get there pretty early on Wednesday morning. Pretty excited about the trip. Uh, a lot of fun stuff planned. Uh, some things we won't reveal just yet. We're going to, we'll kind of throw it out there on social media as we do it. We have two, uh, we have a podcast event, a Q&A event though. Uh, we're going to be doing some boat tours some different things like that. It's going to be a great time. And oh, by the way, there's a football game as well on Sunday. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a great time. Uh, so let's dive right into this game. I want to start with just some updates from Sean McDermott and Dorsey today. Uh, Christian Bedford is day-to-day with that shoulder injury that he injured in the first half, ended up coming back in uh, and got his reps in, in the second half and did a good job. Uh, you know, obviously the Trey White injury um, confirmed, torn Achilles. We'll get to that later, Ryan, and your thoughts on how that will kind of develop throughout the course of the season. And then the Jordan Poyer kind of still day-to-day. Uh, and then obviously Von Miller, Sean McDermott confirmed today that he is practicing this week. So we'll see. I'm sure he doesn't go, but maybe maybe he maybe here in week six or week seven he gets his opportunity. Um, I would not be shocked. But I want to start with Josh Allen. Uh, you know, another – domination really the story of Josh Allen's career has been the Dolphins have not been able to stop him and the whole kind of conversation and narrative was Tua and this offense the pre-snap motion what they're able to do and how, how they fool defense the, the defense in their eyes and stuff like that but the actual story coming away from this game Ryan along with the Bills defensive performance was Josh Allen and just his ability he had that week one you know, subpar performance, I would say very below average performance, but follows it back, you know, in his last three games, he's done a really good job. Uh, you know, 10 total touchdowns, eight, 812 yards passing, one interception, um, and leads the league in completion percentage, something you don't really see much from uh, with, you know, Josh Allen. He's, he's a he's a gunslinger. He's going to put the ball in, in harm's way sometimes. He's a, you know, 65% type of guy. But, I mean, his completion percentage this year is great. Your thoughts on Josh's performance and just his overall, um, you know, just his overall game from uh, Sunday. Yeah, so for as many struggles as he's had in his career as of late against the Jets, he's absolutely picked apart the Miami Dolphins throughout his entire career. It doesn't matter who the head coach is, the defensive coordinator is. 
Uh, and I'm sure that Vic Fangio is going to be having nightmares about Josh Allen. You know, you, you go back a few years to his performance when he was at Denver and, and Allen absolutely shredded that defense apart. And, and in this game, 21 of 25 and hitting all the right reads um, it, for as many impressive passes that there were down the field. Uh, there were so many great throws in these short situations where he got it out quickly to his receiver, just simply moved the chains. There was one where Trent Sherfield was in the background. I saw that getting shared on social media today. Just an easy pitch and catch, but it was enough to keep a drive alive, keep it going. And then when you're starting to hit these short passes, uh, they were setting up the short passes to Trent Scherfield, or to, excuse me, Deontay Hardy, and that set up the first touchdown to Gabe Davis. They made it look like it was going to be a, a quick out our quick kind of screen type of pass and he faked it. And then he had Gabe Davis kind of streaking downfield for a touchdown, uh, really reminiscent of a few years ago where they had a touchdown to Jason Kroom uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, a very similar play design. So Allen though, he's just been really smart picking apart these teams, making the right reads. Um, and, and maybe that week one performance with the three interceptions, the lost fumble was just a, a, you know, a wake up call that maybe he needed to start the year saying, we're, we can win with you playing smart. We don't need you to be that gunslinger. Uh, we have a defense that can more than hold its own, and, and it's looked that way the last three weeks. Yeah, Ryan, 100%. The run game looks better. The interior offensive line has been rejuvenated, overhauled. Connor McGovern's been great. Osiris Torrance has been even better. Um, I think, I mean, for him to fall to, to the 60s still to this day, like I'm just like, wow, that, that guy was a first-round prospect all draft. The whole draft period in Mobile, he was one of those guys talked about a lot as being a first-round caliber uh, offensive guard in this league, and he falls to Buffalo, and they're able to scoop him up. So this offensive line, to your point, Ryan, is also taking it to that next level. But, you know, now that Josh has put these three games together, I, I want to ask you the question, and maybe you've thought about it, maybe you haven't. Do you think this puts Josh Allen, you know, back in the MVP conversation in terms of just his ability as a, as a quarterback in this league to kind of take the bills to that next level? Um, again, 21 to 25, 320, 320 yards, four touchdowns, perfect uh, QBR or passer rating. And his four touchdowns, that's his third game in his career with four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in the same game. It ties Aaron Rodgers with three and he only trails Drew Brees, who's had four of those type of games. So does this put Josh Allen back in the MVP conversation? Yeah, 100%. And, and you look across the league, and, and, you know, Tua was the kind of MVP favorite going into this game, and you saw him come back down to earth. He had a good stat line at the end of the day, but Josh Allen outperformed him, looked great, perfect passer rating like you mentioned. Um, you look at Patrick Mahomes, he had struggles last night against the Jets, didn't look like himself, a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad throws. Uh, obviously, you know, you have some guys in the NFC still making noise. You have a Christian McCaffrey, maybe, who can come up and make some noise in the MVP race. It doesn't usually go to the running back position, but the way that he's been outstanding this season, he's in the mix. But yeah, Josh Allen, the last three weeks has been just absolutely dominant. Uh, the, the Bills have uh, outscored their opponents by 90 total points in the last three weeks alone, and a lot of that has been on the arm of Josh Allen, uh, making the right reads, making the right plays, and absolutely putting away some teams that they should early on this season, like the, the Raiders in Week 2. I think the Commanders' win looks a lot more impressive based on how they hung with the Eagles yesterday. And, and then, you, you know, you, you beat this team that national media all week long was talking about uh, they're unstoppable, comparing them to the greatest show on turf, those Rams teams that were unbelievable. And, and you come in and, you know, your defense does an unbelievable job, but Josh Allen's able to go in, in 
know, put up 40 plus points with, with relative ease. They kind of took their foot off the gas pedal in the second half when you saw Miami kind of uh, have those turnover on downs on multiple drives. Yeah, 100%. And, and Josh, look, the last three weeks for me, it, it's almost like... Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. The benefit of having a second year with your offensive coordinator and believing in what he can do and the pieces that they brought in with Hardy, having some key plays, Dalton Kincaid able to move the, you know, the sticks a few times, Gabe Davis playing adequate wide receiver two play. I'd say an elite wide receiver two play right now, just because of his touchdown production and his big plays he's made so far. Uh, the Bills offense, again, year in, year out, they, you know, they kind of have this, they go three, one, four and one, five and one. They have this hot stretch of great football where they, you know, they beat the chiefs in previous years in these kind of weeks. What do the bills have to do, Ryan, in your opinion, on the offensive side of the ball to keep this momentum kind of moving forward. So they don't have that wall on the next few weeks. Well, I mean, if, if they were to have a wall, it would probably be in this London game coming up based on the, the way the schedule is built. You don't, you never want to say any, any uh, games are easy, but they have some more winnable games down the road with the giants coming back from London uh, they have the Buccaneers on the horizon as well. They, they have some very, you know, even, even the Bengals right now don't look right. So I'm not saying that's an easy win by any means, but I think Jacksonville being in London for the second straight week, uh, not having to maybe adjust to being out there, I think that could work to their advantage. Uh, their Josh Allen had an unbelievable game last week, or yesterday I should say, against Atlanta. Uh, so the defense was playing really well. Their offense w- was looking good too. Uh, Christian Kirk, obviously, Kelvin Ridley in the passing game, Evan Ingram. I'm a big fan of Travis Etienne, uh, a player that even thought that he was going to be a Buffalo Bill uh, going into that draft class a few years ago. So the the talent's there. Trevor Lawrence is there. But Josh Allen just simply has to play within himself, uh, take what the defenses are giving him. And, you know, it was a few years ago that the the Bills had a dud against that Urban Meyer-led Jacksonville team, lost 9-6. to It was supposed to be this easy win. Uh, I'm hoping they go in with those players that were on that team with this chip on their shoulder saying, you know, we need to make a statement and, and kind of make up for that loss from a few years ago. Yeah, they're, they're going to be like, we're not going to let the other Josh Allen uh, dominate us again. That, that's that's for sure. That, that That's the plan or the goal um, going into that one. But I want to go to Trey White now. I mentioned it earlier, obviously the Achilles injury. I, I look at it this way, and before I get to you, Ryan, I, I look at it this way. The Bills, he, he's a big loss. Uh, he's a really talented player. Um, he's been, again, he's the first pick in the Sean McDermott era. He worked super hard to get back to where he was at. He played elite football a couple of weeks ago. Um, he had one of his best games. He had the interception where he uses outside leverage, made a great play on the ball. So he's done a good job um, this year. Now the Achilles injury stinks. The good thing, though, with this team, I think, is that they have some depth in that corner room. Now they have Dane Jackson, who started multiple games for them. They have... Kyrie Elam, who they picked in the first round, which again, he's been a healthy scratch, but Eric Washington in his press conference today mentioned he did have an interception in practice last week. He does work hard. He does work hard in practice. And he's a guy, Sean McDermott 
said it as well, that they truly feel confident in if he has to go out there and, you know, put some reps on the field for them. What does this loss for you, Ryan, mean for this Bills defense? And will they be able to overcome it um, and still be that elite unit that they've been the first four weeks? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Trey White it has kind of been that glue guy from a leadership perspective. Uh, obviously missed a lot of time coming back from the previous injury to his Achilles. Um, came back last year on Thanksgiving, almost one calendar year to the date that he suffered the injury. And now, you know, it's going to be a long time before we see him on the field again. But the, the Bills at least do have that depth that has a lot of playing time. Uh, you mentioned that Dane Jackson was kind of – Uh, thrust into a big role uh, the last time this happened to Trey White, and he kind of held his own. Christian Benford wins the number two job out of camp this year. They have faith in guys like that. Kyrie Elam's here. Um, Jamarcus Ingram is a player that they like, that they can kind of work with. Cam Lewis is more of a nickel corner uh, safety, so I don't know how much he's going to be in the mix in that role, but they have some guys internally on this roster uh, they could look and see, and you know, who's out there in the free agent market. One guy that makes a lot of sense is uh, Hayward. Um, he, you know, he, I think he was last. Well, I don't know if he was last with the Raiders. He's 34. He, he's a little bit up there, um, but he plays his own cornerback. You could bring someone like that onto the practice squad and kind of keep that rotation going. But I'm excited for the opportunity for Kyrie Elam because last year when he did play, he shined at times. He had great coverage ratings against the. Uh, Miami Dolphins in in 2022. He had the interception against Patrick Mahomes in the regular season. He's really stepped up over the course of his career when when given those opportunities. And and now being that next man up, so to speak, off the bench behind, uh, presumably Benford and Dane Jackson, he's going to get his number called upon yeah, one hundred percent. You're 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 spot on there. I think they do go in house, Ryan. I think that's what they go with. But again, at McDermott said today they always are looking for outside options. J.C. Jackson's another guy. He's you know he has a huge contract, and he's a guy that it may not happen and it may not work financially. But again, he's a name that's out there that isn't really getting many reps with the Chargers and hasn't really panned out to be the player they wanted him to be. So just another name kind of to put out there that maybe the Bills, if they really do find themselves in a in a you know kind of a struggle at that position could go out and look at the outside. But, again, I think they do stay in-house. I want to move to the defensive line. The Buffalo Bills PR sent out a great tweet today. Just and It, it kind of shows you what this defense has kind of been, Ryan, throughout this whole year. The Bills pass rush yesterday. They pressured quarterback Tua Tagovailoa on 14 of his 40 dropbacks. That's 35%. Going into that game, Tagovailoa had a league low of 21.2% pressure rate. Um, in weeks one through three. So teams were not getting to the Dolphins. It was a combination of adequate offensive line play and Tua just getting the ball out of his hands super quickly. And the Bills also recorded four sacks and nine quarterback hits. And the Miami Miami entered this game having only allowed one sack and five quarterback hits. So the Bills dominated again on the front, in the front four. Again, going into the Washington Commanders game, all the talk was about uh, the Washington uh, Commanders front four and them trying to disrupt Josh Allen. And then the Bills defensive line shows up and bells out. The talk about the Dolphins this week was their offense. The Bills offense shows out. So it's kind of been these, like, the last couple of weeks has kind of been the opposite of kind of the conversation uh, that's been going on prior to the game. Just your thoughts on this defensive line and how they've performed this year. This might be, Ryan, the best defensive line depth talent-wise that Sean McDermott has ever had in his career. Yeah, so you look at what happened last year when Von Miller went down on Thanksgiving. The D-line never really looked the same again. They were they were generating a pass rush with Von Miller early in the season, getting after the quarterback, uh, looking the part. Von Miller goes down, and that D-line kind of falls apart. 
Well, they haven't had Von Miller yet this season, and, and it's coming soon. He's, he's practicing this week. Uh, I think he'll be out there sooner rather than later. But this D-line is holding their own without him. And it starts with Leonard Floyd. You know, Floyd is a, around three and a half sacks on the season, constantly getting pressure, constantly getting around the edge, uh, maybe the best free agent signing this team had. And it came, I don't want to say late in the summer, but it, it came with a lot of pass rushers still in the market. And the Bills kind of said, this is the guy we're targeting. This is the guy that fits our system. And sure enough, he's looked great. Greg Rousseau has had a breakout year three. Uh, unbelievable in terms of the pass rush, getting after the QB, getting his hands on passes. Uh, he's been excellent against the run. He's a complete defensive end. Uh, I think that the, the COVID drafts are, are going to be looked upon as uh, tough ones to evaluate because you didn't have the pre-draft visits. You didn't have a lot of the evaluation tools. And I think if you did, Greg Rousseau doesn't follow the bills at 30 where he did. So they were very lucky in regards to how they were able to get him in that draft class uh, specifically. But the interior has been phenomenal too. Ed Oliver, you know, I don't want to say that I, I scoffed at the idea that he was going to have this breakout year this far into his career, but he said after signing the extension, Hey, I'm going to make the, the bills look really smart. I'm going to make it look like uh, I'm being underpaid with this extension. And I cannot remember a four game stretch where Ed Oliver has been more dominant uh, with this bills team. And he's, you know, he's making a lot of people, um, you know, he's proving himself right. His statement, right. The fact that he is looking like he's being underpaid right now based on his play. And maybe it's just the, you know, a few minor changes that Sean McDermott has made, uh, but they're getting after up front. Daquan Jones has been outstanding. Uh, Jordan Phillips has had some moments on the outside. AJ Epinez has put together his best stretch of his career so far in the regular season. So they're getting help across the board. And, you know, now you have Von Miller coming back in the near future and they can kind of bring him along slowly uh, put him on a pitch count, even if he doesn't have to be, but keep him fresh for later in the season in some meaningful regular season games. Keep him fresh for that playoff run where the games really, really do matter. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good problem to have with the way this D-line is playing. Absolutely. I want to go through the PFF grades really quick before we move on here. Uh, the top PFF grades for Buffalo, Miami, Daquan Jones, number one at 91.2. Again, just dominating. Uh, kind of an unsung hero. Bruce exclusive I had on last week kind of compared him. Uh, his analogy was he's the tequila and the margarita or something. I think that's what he said. Something along those lines. Uh, Josh Allen, 91.1 grade. Stefan Diggs, 89.8. Damian Harris, 81.1. That was Matt Perino that said that, by the way, not Bruce exclusive. Uh, Gabe Davis, 75.7. Uh, and someone else was tied with that. And Matt Milano, 73.1. Deontay Hardy, 69.9. So I don't put much stake into those PFF grades. But again, Daquan Jones, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, all great in this one. Uh, back to the defensive line, Ryan. Let's look at these snap counts. Because a, a conversation amongst fans the past few years is, I don't like the rotation. I want the best players on the field at all times. But again, this is shaping up to be, I, I've mentioned it a few times now, the typical Sean McDermott defense. You have a, a strong rotation. You have matchup linebackers. You have safeties who understand their there's assignments before the, before the snaps, you know, before the ball snapped. And then you have great cornerbacks with experience. I know the loss of Trey does hurt, but again, through four games, the secondary is like great as well. Ed Oliver, 46 snaps yesterday for 71% snap share. Greg Rousseau, 37 snaps yesterday for a 57% snap share. Daquan Jones, 36 snaps, 55%. Floyd, 35 snaps, 54%. So all these guys, and you know, you go down the list, Shaq Lawson, still, he got 40% of the snaps. Jordan Phillips got 37% of the snaps. Tim Seller got 31%. So 
So this defensive line, Ryan, again, it goes back to the depth. Like they're they're able to rotate at such a good rate now with the dominance at every level. Jordan Phillips, like you mentioned, Ryan, was is playing great football at times. Tim Settle has done a good job in there. And then Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones have just been absolute, absolutely magnificent. This isn't like a one-game stretch now from Ed Oliver. We've seen it now through a quarter of the season. So again, a lot of people thought he was an overvalued contract. I could probably see that argument. I kind of understand it. But again, he's proven that now that he's got his money, he's actually taking it to another level, which you don't really see, um, but he's able to. Just talk about this rotation, Ryan, because again, in years past, fans have been, I would say, frustrated with the rotation at times because of, you want your best players out there all the time, and you want Von Miller for you know 80% of the snaps, and that's what he did all his career, and that's what he's been known for. Just talk about this rotation of this defensive line. Yeah, I, I think at one point in the game, I noticed that it was uh, Kingsley, Jonathan, and Shaq Lawson out at the edge position. And the Bills are probably up 21 at that point. Um, but the way the Miami's offense is, you, you still kind of have to worry about it. And sure enough, on that first play, Kingsley, Jonathan uh, gets home and almost sacks Tua. Uh, and I think on the next play, it was a turnover uh, by the Dolphins. So, you know, maybe he rattled uh, Tegaviola a little bit, whatever the case may be. But they're getting production from the guys on the bottom of the depth chart. So it's one thing to say, I want, you know, I want my best guys out there, 80, 90% of the snaps. This is a long season. Uh, they added the extra regular season game a few years ago, and that made it even longer now. So you have to keep these guys healthy. You want to keep them on a pitch count. So that way uh, late in the season, they're still being, you know, productive on the field. They're still having this, group of guys that can wreak havoc on the field to opposing offensive lines, opposing quarterbacks. And it's smart because, you know, you you don't win Super Bowls in September or October. You need these guys December, January, late January, February range. And the way that the Bills are monitoring these guys, using these guys, I think they're going to have very fresh legs throughout the season. And, you know, there are even guys like Puna Ford who have been inactive the last two weeks. Puna Ford's number is going to get called at some point, whether it be injury, whether it be uh, part of just the rotation where they want to get uh, extra D tackle out there based on a matchup that they see. He's still someone that's going to be utilized and going to be a contributor when the time comes. So I love the depth that this team has and the way they've built this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply thing up yeah again it's a typical like this is what Sean McDermott wanted Ryan it's it's a depth defensive line unit that can get to the passer at any point against again it's not the offensive line I would say they're playing haven't been the best but again they're still dominating uh each and every game I want to get to my dad's question here uh last time we played in England uh was against the Jaguars and we lost 34-31 what are your thoughts on the outcome this weekend uh Ryan you can start on with that one yeah so you know the, the last time they played was EJ Manuel uh it, it was a pretty tough game to watch at times. I know they made it kind of interesting late and then did go back and forth some, uh, but this is a completely different Bills team, completely different Jacksonville team at that. And, you know, this matchup reminds me a little bit of last week's game, yesterday's game against Miami. Now I think Trevor Lawrence 
is a much more gifted quarterback in terms of what he can do with his arm than, than Tua is. But they have a really speedy running back in, in ETN. And uh, they did add Tank Bigsby to kind of add a physical component there. But they have two really good wide receivers, not to the tier of Tyree Kill uh, and Jalen Waddell, but they, they have a good one-two punch. Um, you're talking about, a, you know, can the Bills kind of slow this offense down? Yes, absolutely, because of the coverage that they play, they don't allow those big plays. The Bills have shown that they can uh, get after the run game when needed. And I, I know that Miami ended up running for a lot of yards, but uh, the, their biggest run of the day came down 28 points. Uh, A-chain, um, you know, just really kind of, I think it was a 55-yard run. It, you don't want to call it garbage time because it caught the Bills off guard more than anything else, and good for you if you can do that. But the Bills have been smart against the run. They limit the big play in the passing game. I think this defense is legitimate. They're not going to have a letdown. Uh, I saw another question in here earlier about staying on East Coast time. The Bills aren't flying out until Thursday night, so they're going to get most of their practicing done here on you know, the East Coast time. They're going to get in on Friday. They'll have a practice there, a walkthrough, and then it's going to be game time. And you know, we'll see how it works out. I'm sure they've talked to other teams. I'm sure they've monitored what other teams have done over the years. Uh, but there's not going to be a letdown, so to speak. If they lose somehow on Sunday, it's just because Jacksonville was the better team. They're going into this game prepared. Offensively, this offense is light years ahead of the, the Bills offense that was there the last time they were in London. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball against a Jacksonville team that has a pretty good you know, defensive front. Mm-hmm. But I still think you can, you can kind of uh, – Pick on that secondary a little bit. You can go after them on the back end and be productive, so to speak. Yeah, I'm not going to um, – as much as I have like a gut feeling that picking against the Bills may work in my favor after picking the Dolphins last week, I have to go with the Jags – or not the Jags, sorry, the Bills to win this one. I, I just think the Bills, again, to Ryan's point, they're disciplined on both sides of the ball. Like, yeah, the Jags do have a front four that generates – you know, pressure, but the bills and Dorsey have shown to scheme and game plan each week differently to help benefit either Spencer Brown with, you know, Dawson Knox chipping and helping him out with Max Crosby or, you know, using combo box against the the commanders to do different things. So I think this bill's offensive line is more ready for this, this kind of moment. Again, the Jags have a great defensive front, but they're not dominant by any means. Their offense is good but not better than the one we just saw. I, I don't think that the, the Dolphins – I think the Dolphins are still on a lead offense. I still think they have the most two dynamic receivers on the same team on, in football. So, look, the Bills can drop it. It's definitely a trap game if you believe in that kind of stuff. You have a huge win and you're going all the way to London. You're playing a feisty team who's kind of started slow but, and has yet to hit their stride. Maybe they find it against Buffalo, but Buffalo is the better team. And again, I think the only way that they can lose this game is if Josh Allen plays careless, which, which again, he's shown the last few games he, he hasn't. I think that'll continue. But back yeah. to this uh, back to this game really quick, and then I will get you out of here. Ryan, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, obviously, uh, Diggs, six catches, 120 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, broke, broke through two tackles, got to the end zone for, for that magnificent kind of stone cold Steve Austin celebration. It was pretty cool. Uh, and then Gabe Davis, three catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. He continues to produce and score touchdowns, which is something you want to see. Just speak of kind of the, the playmakers in this game, Ryan, in the in this Bills Dolphins game. What were they able to show you? Deontay Hardy got in, got in the mix a little bit there. Uh, just your overall thoughts on this Bills playmaking unit. Yeah, so obviously starting at the top with Stefan Diggs, uh, he had an advantageous matchup against Cater Kohu. Uh, Kohu is a guy that was 
projected to be their nickel cornerback this year. And then Jalen Ramsey went down and they put him out on the boundary. And for whatever reason, Vic Fangio wanted Kohu on Stefan Diggs and not Xavier Howard. And listen, Diggs has had some wins over the, the past few years over Xavier Howard for big gains too. So it, it's not to say that uh, Diggs wouldn't be able to replicate that uh, had that been the matchup, but he, he had Kohu in a blender spinning around, uh, biting on things, just getting wide open and, and really taking advantage of that matchup. And Miami never adjusted. Gabe Davis had a really nice game. You know, I think Josh Allen and some of the other players kind of spoke on it. They still want to get him involved in that short passing game a little bit more. Uh, it seems like a lot of his his completions are coming downfield, which is great. And the O-line is doing a nice job holding up so Allen can make those plays downfield. Um, Aaron Cromer is doing a phenomenal job in year two, coaching up the players that were here in the system last year, coaching up a, a Connor McGovern, a Osiris Torrance, even some of these young guys that are on the 53-man roster and aren't playing a lot of reps. So the line's helping in that regard, but you still want to get Gabe Davis more involved in that short passing game. Let him kind of uh, create with the ball in his hands after the catch. Deontay Hardy, if you look at the stat line, you're going to say, well, it was another kind of ho-hum performance. He had two really big plays in this game. Uh, The first reception on the opening drive, it was a throw that was actually behind him. Uh, Probably would have been a fumble, I believe, if he had not caught it. That's It was behind Josh Allen in terms of where he was on the field. Uh, I'll have to go back and rewatch it to make sure of that statement, but he caught it. He was able to make a man miss, move the chains. Later in the game, another big third down opportunity comes up. Allen throws it low and, you know, toward the ground. Hardy's able to, to go low, catch it. No one's around him. He's able to get back to his feet, make a defender miss, move the chains again. Two first downs. On, and I know the, the second one was definitely on a third down play. I think they were both on third down plays. And that's just huge. Um, you're able to keep the chains moving, keep the offense, uh, you know, in line with what they want to do, not put yourself in a bad situation. So he's been phenomenal. You're starting to see Trent Sherfield uh, be more involved the way they lined him up, the way they utilize him. Outstanding blocker, but he's getting more involved in the passing game. Khalil Shakir would like to have that one pass back, I'm sure, downfield. But they're really mixing it up at wide receiver, giving those bottom of the depth chart uh, guys opportunities. And then at tight end, Dalton Kincaid was more involved yesterday. Dawson Knox is still a, a, someone that you have to worry about, someone that can really come in and help as a blocker if he's not heavily involved in the passing game. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. But even when they're not being fed the ball, making you know those, those catches down the field, they're contributing in other ways, and that's big for this offense. Yeah, the, the overall depth on this roster, Ryan, and in terms of wide receiver one through wide receiver six, as long as the, as well as the tight ends, as long as well as the running back room, I think all in all, again, it's just it's a different level this year, I, I think, and you've seen it uh, throughout the course of the season. A couple more things: Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, the typical matchup linebackers. Um, this Terrell Bernard guy, like. His and I'll let you talk about it as well. There's Milano and Bernard, just kind of that linebacker duo that's kind of reaching kind of a, a ceiling that I didn't think they could reach through four weeks. And it's kind of actually insane the the talent that they've been able to put on the field and kind of play together. But one the, the play that stands out to me was on the interception. Trail Bernard stayed but disciplined, forced an overthrow from Tua where he tried to fit it in over the top. Um, I think Duran Smythe was the target or tight end in the middle of there. And Micah Hyde was able to pick it off and bring it back for a nice 20, 25 yard return and put the Bills in great field position. Trell Bernard and, and as well, Matt Milano uh, forced the fumble and Bernard recovered it. So again, this, this linebacker duo, Ryan is just playing 
absolute elite football. Just speak on what you've seen from them so far. Yeah, just absolute elite play from the linebacker position. And, you know, Jim Graham here in the comments said Osiris is holding his own, you know, what a steal of the draft. There were some fans that were probably, I want to say upset because Torrance was viewed as a first round pick and the Bills got him in round two. But there were a lot of fans clamoring for a Drew Sanders type, a linebacker that could come in and take that Tremaine Edmonds role. And I like Drew Sanders, don't get me wrong. Uh, But this just kind of goes back and and is a proving point that, you know, trust the evaluators on this team. They felt like they had internal answers for Tremaine Edmonds uh, and they were able to go out and address another weakness on the O-line by taking Torrance. So, you know, they said, hey, we have a guy, we have a few guys on this linebacker room that we think could step up this year and that being Bernard and he misses the preseason. The Bills kind of still say, hey, this is our guy. He has a rough go of it in week one against the Jets, and that's probably shaking the rust off. You missed all three preseason games. He's been lights out since. He's been great against the run. He's been all over the field. Uh, coverage has been phenomenal. You know, you mentioned it. He had the uh, he played a big role in that uh, Micah Hyde interception. He almost had an interception earlier in the game on a, a throw that had batted off of a Dolphin player's hand. He almost reached around, grabbed that ball, and hauled it in and ended up being caught by Jalen Waddell. But he's in the right place at the right time. Matt Milano is still just that elite playmaker, uh, superstar. Somehow, even though he is getting those accolades nationally, he's still somehow underrated uh, <laughs> in my eyes. He, he should be viewed as like the elite of the elite in this league when you're talking about defensive talent. Punches a ball out yesterday, which Bernard, as you mentioned, recovers. These two are, are making so many splash plays on a weekly basis. It's just not something that the Bills fans are used to seeing. And, and I'm not trying to knock Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds was solid. Edmonds was a tackling machine. Uh, he and Matt Milano made a very good one-two punch. But this linebacker position, like you said, they're reaching a ceiling that maybe none of us expected this quickly. Yeah, and look, like, Ryan, it's crazy because Terrell Bernard was that third-round pick, off-ball linebacker, and, you know, he comes in and and does – you know, no one thought he would do this is basically what I'm trying to say. No one thought he was this good. People maybe thought he could, he would be the starter, he would be adequate, but not at this kind of elite level that he's playing. And, you know, to your point, Matt Milano, again, is still, like, one of the most underrated players in this game. Like, every game I almost – say it like I almost tweeted out like this dude is so underrated but you were able to let go of Tremaine Edmonds save 18 million dollars you again allocated that to other spots in the roster that have made an impact the interior offensive line Leonard Floyd um guys like that Deontay Hardy so you're, you're you were able to use that money that you didn't use on Edmonds and adequate to its other spots um so it's just been an overall again they you gotta believe what they're doing and they're doing the right thing and that's kind of how it's turned out so far uh this season before I let you go, Ryan, I want to ask you this question. We're a quarter of the way through. The Bills are on the top of the AFC um, with the Kansas City Chiefs as well as the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone said the window was closing, That Ryan. Everyone. Not everyone, sorry. Some people nationally thought the window was closing. They thought that the Bills were regressing. Uh, they were getting old on the defensive side of the ball. And then they go and smack the Dolphins. And now it's Josh Allen's the MVP. Uh, the Bills are the best team in the AFC. And Sean McDermott's one of the best coaches in the NFL. So a total flip because Sean McDermott, again, there were, there were some naysayers before the season. Like, can he, you know, and again, I, I do agree with some of those comments that, yes, in the postseason, he still needs to prove it. He has been good in the regular season. When he gets to the postseason and can take it to another level, that's where it's kind of, he takes the next step for, for most people. Ryan, just how, how wide open is this AFC? It is wide, wide open. Uh, 
you know, the Cincinnati Bengals were viewed as a Super Bowl favorite and they're kind of a, a disaster right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with Joe Burrow and the calf injury and the fact that they're just not letting him heal up from it. They keep playing him and I get it. You're in a hole now. You're, uh, you're getting beaten by teams that typically you would probably beat if he is healthy and you're getting some frustration there. So one of the Super Bowl favorites isn't playing like it. And Kansas City is right there with Buffalo. They're still phenomenal. You still have Mahomes and Kelsey. Chris Jones only had a one-game holdout before he was able to come back into the fold. The talent's still there on both sides. Uh, but Josh Allen and, and, and this Bills team has shown that they can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City in the regular season. They can go toe-to-toe in the, the postseason. Uh, that's not a team that I think is anywhere, you know, above and beyond the Bills. Baltimore, the Bills have shown a few times uh, that they can kind of slow down that Lamar Jackson-led offense. Now it's a different offense this year. They've added more pass catchers. There's some new wrinkles, uh, but they're up there too. I think the Browns have, have shown when they're healthy. They obviously didn't have Watson last uh, yesterday. They can be in it, but it, it's wide open. And Miami too, I still think, is going to win a lot of games this season. So. You, you look across the landscape, there's some some good teams, but the elite teams are still the Bills and the Chiefs, in my opinion. And like you said, you know, the Bills are kind of written off and the window's closing. Um, can this team, you know, replicate what they did last year? They won 13 games. They lost their three games by a total of eight points. I don't know wh- where that talk came from that this window was closing, but it's clearly not. They're clearly in this mix. You look at, across the, the way in the NFC and – you know, you saw the Eagles are going to be there, the 49ers. But by the way, that 49ers offense, which is rolling, and they're beating teams that are supposed to beat, that's Kyle Shanahan. That's where, um, you know, that's where Mike McDaniel came from, the coaching tree. And if Sean McDermott can scheme up something for McDaniel, if those two ever met in the Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure Sean McDermott can scheme something up against Brock Purdy and, and that offense as well. So there's no team, not even just in the AFC, but in the, in the entire league where I sit here and say, they're significantly better than the Bills. I think the Bills are right there on that elite tier with any team in this league. Agreed. You're you're spot on with that. I think they're right up there. The, the Bills and Chiefs, I think, again, are in that upper echelon. I would say tier one. I would put the you know the Ravens and the, and the Dolphins probably in tier two. Maybe you can make an argument for the Dolphins for tier one just because of their dominance. But again, the Bills put you know beat it by twenty eight. So that there's something to be said there. Anything going on, Ryan, where they can find you, where everyone can find you, uh, just anything else going on in the Ryan Talbot world? Yeah, you can find me on uh, nyup.com, syracuse.com. You can find my work on social media. Most of my handles are at Ryan Talbot Bills. Uh, Keep track of of me there. Matt and I will be doing multiple shout podcasts this week. Uh, We might do something even from the Chicago airport tomorrow. We're going to be there for many, many hours, a long layover. Uh, so maybe we'll do a live pod there as well. Uh, we have a pod scheduled for uh, Friday night. Uh, that one has been sold out, but it'll be going live. We'll, we'll uh, make sure that uh, fans that are in the U.S. or fans that couldn't attend this event will be able to watch it live. We are in the works of finalizing an event on Saturday night. We'll do our regular show on Wednesday. We're going to be all over the place, Bills Mafia. So, you know, keep your, your eyes out, keep your ears peeled, and, uh, it's going to be a fun, fun week in London. Ryan, thank you for your time. Thank you for taking time out of your, you know, busy and fun field. Sounds fun field week. Uh, I'm very appreciative of you coming on and uh, I'll, I'm sure I will see you back on here at some point. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on. All right. Later.
That was Ryan Talbot from Syracuse and MYUP.com. Great guest, great conversation. Um, as usual, one of the best in the business. But here, I want to talk a little bit about what I asked Ryan about how wide open this AFC is and kind of the, the narratives that have been going around and how it's kind of switched up. Look, Josh Allen is still elite. Um, he, again, there's always more good than bad with him. The Bills struggled in week one. They, they faced the Jets defense. That look, look what they just did to the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They they forced them into almost three interceptions if it wasn't for that crazy holding call. The Jets could should have had a chance to win that game uh, late last night. But, I mean, the Jets defense has been good so far this year, and, and they've proven that against both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes both have the same amount of interceptions, by the way, uh, and, and Josh Allen's pegged as this turnover machine when in reality they're kind of close in, in the interception regard Allen puts it a little more bit more on the ground with the fumbles but look th this Bills team is different this year I know in years past and I know we say it every year uh, about the Bills that they're a different team but you really look at this in the grand scheme of things you have Sean McDermott taking this team to a different level defensively discipline aggressiveness tackling fundamentals and that's what he preaches and that's what he does um but we're, we're sitting here after a quarter way through a quarter mark of the way through the season and he's just been that great I, I think he's done a really good job his time management is fine it hasn't really affected his head coaching per se as much as I thought um he's still making good decisions he's doing a really good job as this coach of, of the Buffalo Bills and on the offensive side of the ball Ken Dorsey the, the trust that the Bills, I think, have in him from Stephon Diggs to Josh Allen to Gabe Davis to, to the offensive line and Aaron Cromer. This unit and this team is special, um, and, and I think they can go far. The AFC is wide open. The Bengals, they're one and three. I looked at their schedule a bit earlier. They have some tough games, uh, and they have, they're, in, they're in a division that's kind of all just up in the air right now. Obviously, the Ravens in the lead there, but the Steelers are feisty. I know they had a down week, but again, it's Mike Tomlin. He gets the best out of his teams. I think they'll have a rebound. And the Browns are as well are a good team in the, in the AFC North. They have Deshaun Watson, um, again, who's not playing his best football, but I think he's more than capable of being a starter in this league, with especially with the defense they have over there. You look at the AFC West, the Chargers, I don't think they're that good. Uh, Brandon Staley, they, they struggled to beat the Las Vegas Raiders last week, a team that the Bills put, you know, they blew out by 30-plus. So the Chargers really aren't a threat. You have the Chiefs still, but again, they haven't looked the same, but I'm not really pressing the panic button with them yet But again, because, again, they lost Eric Bieniemy, so I think it'll take some time maybe for Andy Reid to figure out what he wants to do, and I think they'll hit their stride late in the year, and their defense has actually been balling out. Um, my dad in the comments, the Chiefs' defense did not allow the Jags to score a touchdown, uh, and, and the Jags have a good offense. So the Chiefs' defense has been playing well. Um, they, they looked a little weak last night, but again, they still won the game, and they won by three points. And then you look at the uh, AFC South, the Jags, the Colts, uh, they're 2-2 they're two and two, both teams. And then the Texans as well are also two and two. So that division, all, I think every team right now in that division in the AFC South, Texans, Jags, um, I'm blanking right now, Texans, Jags, Colts, and who can tell me the last team because I cannot think of them right now. Titans. Yeah, Titans. They won a 20, they beat the, the Bengals 27-3. Those four teams are all two and two. So look, the AFC is wide open. The Bills had the best quarterback, if not the second best. Mahomes is the best, sorry. Exaggerating. But the Bills have a really good quarterback in Josh Allen. Their offense is hit on all cylinders. Their run game is the best it's ever been. The interior offensive line has been great. Spencer Brown, Terrell Bernard. Look, those were the two biggest question marks going into the season. 
no one's really talked about Spencer Brown. Like as much as he was a storyline heading into the year, no one's really said much about him other than, yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, you know, he handled Max Crosby. Like, yeah, he hasn't been great. He's gotten help. I think Ken Dorsey's schemed a lot of these things to help Spencer Brown. But again, Dorsey said today, he's learning, he's growing. Mitch Morse and Deion Dawkins are playing elite level football. And then the two interior guards have just been really good. Um, so th- this team, this offense, this defense on both sides of the ball, they're hitting on all cylinders. This Bills Jags game is going to be fun. The Jags have a lot of talent. Uh, they rank right now 20th in the league in offense with and points scored and 16th in the league for their offense in yards. On defense, they are 12th in points uh, against and 17th in total yards given up. So, again, average, I would say, on both sides of the ball. I don't think they're dominant by any means, but th- they've got to hit their stride, and, and they've showed sides of being good. They have ATN. They have Ridley. They have Ingram. They have uh, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. I don't know if he's going to be available, but they have a good team. They're a good football team. Josh Allen on the other side of the ball. So the Bills will be in for a test. It's definitely a, a potential – kind of let down game for the Bills. But again, I'm not going to go against the Bills two weeks in a row. I have the Bills winning this one. And I'm probably going to stay that way unless something catastrophic happens here. Uh, the next four weeks for me, going up to that Bengals game, uh, I think all these next four games for the Bills, they, they lead the league in point differential. I put out a tweet earlier. They can only they might be able to only run this up and you know they might be plus 120, uh, at one point if they're able to dominate and play this style of football they've played the last three weeks. Smart, efficient, and not beating yourself. And, and the Bills are a hard team to stop when you do that or when they do that. And that's what exactly what they've been. So uh, any questions, I'm probably – I'm done with my rant. So uh, I know 18 of you in here, if you have any last-minute questions about the Bills-Jags game or, or about the Bills or Dolphins or anything uh, Buffalo Bills or NFL-related, uh, drop a comment. If not, uh, I will see you guys next week. I'm trying to get some guests on. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through these comments real quick just because I have some time and – I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe some people have some questions here before I go. Uh, Jessica Tennis said, Ryan, I feel like Edmonds might have held back Milano because Milano felt he needed to defer to Edmonds. Do you? Well, since Ryan isn't here, Jess, I'll answer this the best way I can. Um, I, I think I kind of understand what you're saying. Terrell Bernard is more instinctive than Jermaine Edmonds. I think he can process things easier. He is a film junkie. He loves to watch the film. He's a guy that can process things when watching film very quickly. He, he, he does it at a very good rate. He's very good at it. You can see that translate on the football field. Um, and he's a great matchup linebacker. He can cover, he's fast, and he's instinctive. And that's what Sean McDermott wants in a linebacker. That's why Matt Milano is the way he is. Fast, instinctive, and understands what's going on pre-snap. Tremaine Edmonds is good. He's an $18 million middle linebacker. But for what the Bills want to do, Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano. This might be crazy, but I think Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano, as time goes on, may show that they can be even more dominant than Tremaine Evans and Matt Milano. Maybe Tremaine Evans is still a better player. I, I can't do it because they're, they're two different types of players. Tremaine Evans is he's going to take away spaces in zone. He's tall. He's lengthy. Uh, he, he's good. In, he's good in pass coverage. Terrell Bernard's not like that. He's, you know, he's instinctive. He stays in his zone. He uses his speed, um, his range, his closing ability to kind of get to the ball. So I don't know if I can compare the two. But as a duo, as, as a linebacker duo, I think Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard have the potential to be, especially with Terrell Bernard on that cost-controlled contract the next few years, 
to be one of the best duos in football. And I can't believe I'm saying that right now, uh, August or October 2nd, um, going into the London game. But it, it's it's true because they've both been playing elite football. It's on the film. PFF has them rated good. All the analytics have them rated as a very good linebacker duo. The stats have shown it, the splash plays. So they've just been all over the field. It's pretty incredible to watch this linebacker duo go to work. Um, and don't forget, we get Von Miller back soon, 100%. The Bills are getting Von Miller back. So that, that adds a whole new dimension to this defense a closer, a finisher, one of the most premier pass rushers in this league. Look, the Bills are for real. They never weren't for real. Um, and, and this narrative, I think, as the as the season progresses, if, as long as they don't lay a dud, which might happen, and that's fine. If they have four or five losses and one of those is a dud, sure. But again, I think they're a top three seed in this AFC. I think they win this division. Um, I think the Bill, that game last week was a huge decider in that. But the Bills are elite. They have an elite quarterback. They have an elite defense, and they have a coaching staff that believes in their players. Um, and, and the loss of Trey White is huge, but again, they have that depth. So I will see you guys next week. Um, we'll be, you know, kind of recapping the Bills versus Jags game. I will try to get a guest on for that. You know, crazy matchup. It'll be super nice to wake up on nine thirty on a Sunday. My birthday's next Tuesday, so like I'm going to be excited. It's going to be a fun football weekend for me, start to finish. Uh, Saturday college, Sunday NFL action all day. Enjoy yourselves. Have a great week. Thank you to all of you that tuned in. If you're listening on audio, I appreciate it. Um, this is a really good show, so please, please like on all platforms. If you are joining me on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, any of those platforms, I appreciate all of the viewership, the questions, the interactions and all of the comments. Jim Graham says, go Bills, um, in, in the comments before we go here. So as Jim Graham says, go Bills, and I will see you guys next Monday to recap the Bills and Jaguars. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.